You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You watch it on YouTube. Like button, subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media and it's A-M-P-I-R-E. And don't forget, Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern Time, Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders and I will be doing our live YouTube streaming session, whatever it is. Of course, right here is Nikki Jabal from the Washington Post. We're going to be breaking down the Commanders' 19 to 13 win over the Atlanta Falcons. They are now, Nikki, seven and five. Like, yeah, didn't how... see this coming. Did not see this coming when they were one and four and couldn't get the offense to do much of anything. Um, they really turned it around. I mean, I give a lot of credit to Taylor Heineke today. He was a bit erratic. Um, but Heineke, that defense just looked solid. They were gashed a bit like, on the ground this week. Um, but they keep coming up with big plays, uh, and I think that's what matters the most, especially, you know, in, in clutch situations. And I think it was funny because I didn't want to start with Heineke. I'll get to him in a minute. But I did think it was funny. Ron Rivera was asked, like, what did he – how would you describe his game? He said it's tailored yeah. because it was – it encompassed everything. There were a couple big throws or a couple yeah. throws. You start going like this. Yeah. The interception was horrible. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, and, but, but it was the full Taylor Heineke experience. He did it in a couple, a couple big plays. But let's go to Brian Robinson first. Yes. 105 yards, first 100-yard game since in, in his career. But, of course, he had the shooting incident earlier this summer. Mm-hmm. And just what a day for him. What, what did you think about his day? I think he's really starting to show what he was built to be in this offense. I mean, he's a powerful back. I mean, he's built like a house, for one. The way he's shedding tackles, getting yards after the contact, I think that is really huge for this offense. Um, and the way they use him in conjunction with the other backs, um, you know, getting Curtis Samuel out in space, uh, Curtis Samuel, getting Antonio Gibson out in space um, and using more of their dynamic playmakers. I think he's a really good compliment. Um, and I think he and Heineke just in their mobility, Heineke's mobility, I think they're really starting to get the line to settle down. I think that the O-line is really playing well right now. And I think it's a credit to those two, especially. And I think for me, a couple of things with him, there were, one of the things he's he's running with much more confidence. They all said that after the game. Yeah. They they that was a phrase we heard a few times. Yeah. But you see it in some of the runs where he bounces outside and his his ability to press the hole, but trust his vision to the outside, seeing what you know, drawing guys inside because he runs so hard inside mm-hmm. that he now has the outside. But I love that when he bounces, when he turns, he gets his shoulders back square really fast, and so it enables him to to then get those extra yards when he's on contact. And you don't always see other backs doing that. So, but the other thing is when you ask guys, like, what do those runs mean? Like it, those runs get, I, I mean, it's funny because I call them a big fellow run, but they're really mm-hmm. FU runs. Yeah. But what, you know, what about, what do you think this does for yeah. his teammates? It was trucking guys. I mean, I, that gets guys fired up. I, it, this wasn't a run play, but it was a catch and run on his touchdown. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, he, he ran through a guy, then dragged another defender with him into the end zone. And you look back at Taylor Heineke, he's the most hype I've ever seen. I mean, he's screaming and yelling. I and mean, that's what it does for this group is it really gets them going. Um, not to mention it's production. Um, so, yeah, I had, I thought he had a really good game. And it, it was really cool to see, um, given what he had gone through in August. So. The last time I saw somebody get trucked like that was when they put out the pizzas for us on a Wednesday and Ben Standard was going right over there. So that, I haven't seen anybody trying to get trucked like that in a while, but just kidding. Um, but, it is, but it is true, but I do think there's an impact on guys. Like yeah. even asking Kendall Fuller in the press conference, a defensive player, and you ask him, they're like, oh, man. Yeah. And it's just like what it means to them. And it's just there's a different energy that a guy like that can bring. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's kind of what the identity of this team has started to become. I think they're still kind of searching for it in full. Um, but the way they rely on the run game to extend drives, but also that toughness, that scrappiness. I mean, that's that's what Taylor Heineke is. That's what Brian Robinson is. Oh, he's just big and powerful. I, you look at the way their their interior defensive line and Montez Sweat, but especially their interior guys, they're just so freaking strong and powerful. I think that's a lot of what this team has become, um, and, and that's where their that's where their strong points are. And I also want to give a shout out or credit to the tight ends because I thought the tight ends blocked really well today. Yeah. A couple times on the slice box for the slice blocks, they're coming behind the line after the play, taking out and the ends, the backside. John Bates. I do. And I didn't think he had a good game last week against Houston. So I thought he did a nice job today. But did you see him at the field game? Him and Cole were were working on the blocks of Juan Castillo. They were out there, I want to say like three and a half hours early. Just them two working with Juan Castillo. Well, it paid off. And you saw Cole Turner on some of those blocks too, taking out the backside. And there was one run that I think it was Gibson had. It was a six yard run. But it was the way Bates as a as a was on the was down was in line. Goes to the goes and immediately blocks down, but then he gets bounces off because he knows the guy's taken and gets to the linebacker. And that little crease yeah. gave Gibson the room for a six yard run. That's the stuff that adds up. And it was a first down too. So that stuff, that stuff adds up quite a bit. How much do you think it is a, a byproduct of Heineke buying them shoes? They got shoes last week. Promised the running back shoes this week. They produced what, 170 something yards. So I mean, get the I, whole team shoes. I, I was say, Tress like, Wade deserves one. The defense deserves one. Tress Wade deserves a golden, yeah, golden, golden shoe. shoe. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's what he that's what yeah. he gets. But you know, it's funny too because I mean, when you look at the scene, the difference in these games is not that great. I mean, this is what is this? Tennessee at the two yard line, Chicago at the one yard line. Yeah. This game down there, mm-hmm. they've won two of those. <laughs> Can you explain why? I mean, yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I mean, again, I. You know, Heineke was all over the place today, but I think just his presence, what he brings, his mobility, settling down the line, relying more on the run game. And then I think the defense, the way it's really developed in the secondary has really complemented the pass rush. And we heard Kendall Fuller say that today, you know, after his game ceiling interception, he went up to to Ron Payne and Payne says, when I eat, you eat. And that's that's really what it is. It's They've kind of sealed that defense and that's become – the leading force for this team. They have, and I think what's impressive too is they've lost. They lost Benjamin St. Jude, yeah. and Christian Holmes comes in. You don't even notice him mm-hmm. because he didn't do anything. He yeah. had the face mask. Well, but he they, had the face mask. Yeah, yes. but overall, they yeah they 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 play really well together. I really like that secondary. There's good young pieces, but also some really good veterans that help them along. And I what I what I really like about them is I think they they're like kids in the playground. They play yeah. well together. 
But I think that's important. Yeah. And there was but, there were a couple of examples, even against Houston, where you see them communicating before the snap. And what I remember talking to somebody like there was a play where they were they weren't sure what to do. They didn't get the signal. So they called their own signal. And it just so happened that it meshed with what they said. But it was one of those, if, if we're going to be wrong, we're all going to be wrong. Right. And so you can actually maybe be hyped by doing that. Right. But it was really the ability to communicate that jumped out. Right. And that that's a huge key. But they they really do play well together. And they're, they're also versatile. I mean, a lot of the reason they're able to do what they do is because you've got Cam Curl who can pretty much play every position on defense outside of D-tackle, probably. Um, he's down in the box. He's at the line. He's safety, corner, nickel, whatever you need. Um, but they're getting Gary Force on the field more, largely because you can move Bobby McCain down to, to nickel if you need him. Um, so I, I think having guys that you can mix and match creates different looks for the offense, but also allows them to do more things to get more of their – Playmakers on the field out there, and I think it's funny because all the talk about linebacker depth. What happens? It's one of those two. Cole Holcomb's been out for a while, yeah. and I know John Bostic. Everybody likes to rip the guys filled in pretty well, and okay. it's, you know there were a couple of plays against Houston where you got to play it better. We get that everybody's going to have that. There are things he doesn't do well. We know that, but mm-hmm. it hasn't. I mean, they're they've been winning. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think again a lot a large part of that is. Having guys like Cam Curl, who are just, I mean, he can be a linebacker or safety, depending on the play. And he he moves around interchangeably within the same series. You know, you can move him up to the line. He's a hard hitter, but he can cover. I mean, you don't find guys like that. Do you think he cares if it's called a linebacker or a safety? Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as he's getting paid. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah, and he'll get paid yes, he pretty soon. Let's stick with the defense, too, because they did get gashed a couple times. That's a really good run offense. I mean, that Falcons can run very well. Really good. Really savvy play the line there. And I liked what, what there are a couple times what they do. They're blocked. They're double teaming the tackles, and the linebackers are freezing. They're thinking it might be a play action, and it creates these big lanes in the middle. But, but you know, still overall, they came up big when they needed it. And Deron Payne, again, mm-hmm. doing that. Like, what about the kind of year he's having? It's been an incredible year. Good timing, too, it's, you know, in a contract year. Funny how that it's works. Like, like him and John, John Allen together. I mean, you go back to that fourth and one prime example. They they doubled him practically. Yeah. But he was able to kind of launch off the tackle, get his arms up, and then grab the guy to, to bring him down. So, yeah, I, I think those two have just kind of been – the drivers of this defense and Montez Sweat is really playing off them well. I like the way they coordinate their stunts. I think kind of like the secondary, those three play well together. Um, and then, yeah, going back to this off, this offseason, we we're talking about, you know, do they have the depth at end? Look at Casey Tuhill yeah. coming alive out there. And James Smith Williams, he's been sick this week, but he's kind of that perfect complement on the other end. Um, it'll be interesting to see. What happens when Chase Young comes back? If Chase Young comes back, but um, yeah, I, I think they're they're just really playing well. Run. They are, and I think the, it's funny though. He got burned by that zone read a couple yeah. times, and I don't. Several times it was James with Williams' side. Now I know one time he definitely crashed his heart in the run. Yeah. A couple yeah. other times he, he got responsibility, and I don't think they were expecting that one. Yeah, Do you? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, there were gashes throughout. I mean, I thought there there were a couple busted coverages. I think. Um, a lot of missed tackles. John Allen had a glaring missed tackle. Th- there were issues on in both phases. And special teams, you think about Joey Sly's yeah. missed extra point. Um, but I think they do enough 
well now to where they can limit their mistakes and overcome the really bad ones. Well, I mean, penalties, not getting a lot of penalties outside, you know, and so there are right. little things that they're doing. And right. while Taylor had the turnover, they've been very good, mostly taking care of the ball. Right. So I do want to go to Taylor now and just, you know, last week they made the big thing that he's going to stay at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know how much really a decision it was because Carson Wentz wasn't even active today. So right. I didn't even know that there was a possibility. But when you watch games like this, you do, do you sometimes wonder how would this look with Carson yeah. in there? And, you know, how long do you do you just continue to roll with Heineken? Yeah, I sometimes wonder. And then I'm like, oh, right now. Yeah, definitely Heineken all the way. They're 5 on one with the guy. The, the team believes in him. He is making some big plays. He makes some dumb ones, which he admits to. But he is he's getting the offense moving. And I think, you know, I think Carson obviously has a big arm. He's that perfect mold physically for a quarterback. But he, he can't escape the pocket, can't extend plays, can't extend drives. And that's that's what I think this group needs. That's what I think the line needs. And it starts with the line. So I, I, I just think it's – I don't know that you could go back to once. We'll see if it – you know, if things trail off really badly and, you know, they – they want to get one last look at what they have or even turn to like the rookie. But I, I think right now, it's it, yeah, well, I, I think right now is there's only one guy. And, and that's the thing. That's the conundrum because I know there's going to be the divide on Heineke. You're going to yeah. the Rorschach test. Yeah. The, the fans are going to see all the good plays it is. The other one's going to see the interception, which again was a bad just decision. A bad, really he, bad decision. he called it a right. boneheaded play. Like, yeah. I just absolutely should and, not have done it. And, and that's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But and that's the thing with Wentz that I do wonder when if you put him in a situation where you have the run game working the way it is. Yeah. But do they call the game the same way because you have him? Right. Early in the season, they weren't. They weren't, you know, I think by going to Heineken, it's forcing them to stick with the run and be yeah. committed to the run. So there's one thing with that. But then if you do stay committed to the run with Wentz, how would it look? And again, I don't think they're yeah. going to get there because you're going to roll with the hot hand and the yeah. players I certainly seem to want that. Yeah, they're winning. And I, I think that's all that matters. I mean, they've, they've had games like today where it's like, oof, a couple of different results on a couple of plays. It would have been much different, but, you know, they're, they're getting it done. And, you know, I'm sticking with Wentz for one more thing because it, you do, if you want to, and again, I just know, like, they've always felt like he's got the higher ceiling, of course, in this offense. So if that's the case, if you, you know, do, I, I just want, I don't, again, I don't think they're changing that. No. And I don't think yeah. you should, because you are like, Ron Rivera seems to be the creature of habit. Yeah. And if he knows it's rolling, he knows the temperature in the locker room, but it is like to go, you know, if you're going to go far, can you do it? Or, but here's the other problem with Wentz, he forces those throws too. Right. So he, right. it's not like he's Alex Smith, the way he takes care of the ball. Right. He forces all that stuff. So and that's what the wash is for me. Like, right. you know, the, the downside of Heineke is, you know, probably size, sometimes can't see over the rush, can't get the ball as far as once can, obviously, and makes those plays where you're like, oh, boy. But Wentz did it more. Um, yes, he was new to the offense um, and new to the team, but I, I I feel a little bit more comfort with Heineke out there than once does you know what how they look at him in the future i mean he's got no more guaranteed money do they try to uh, he doesn't have much leverage as a starting quarterback so they could try to redo something if they wanted to keep him around for a little bit longer but you know right now i just don't see any upside in, in changing and i think the other thing with Wentz that we don't know is where is he at in this offense right. because that was one of the issues early that he wasn't quite as comfortable because you know he hadn't had a lot of time this offense 
well, he's been out for what six games yeah. now. Yeah. So uh, we don't know if he'd even be at a what level he'd be at. And and I know like they talked about is getting more comfortable with the behind the scenes. We don't know what it would look like on the field, and we know what it looks like with Taylor, and they're winning, and the run game is working. And I think the matchups are conducive to sticking with yeah. this. No, absolutely. And I think so long as playoffs are a possibility, no matter how small, you, you can't change from this. Right. But the playoffs are real. Very real. Very real. I mean, I think back to 2020 when it got down to a minuscule chance, they still eked it out or you know, even last year before it, you know, kind of all fell apart in December, like you stick with what's working the best. Right. And then, you know, when we look at the playoffs too, it is, it's kind of funny to start talking about that, but this is, they are in the playoffs. Oh, sure. They're very Absolutely. much alive. What do you, you know, do you think that this formula can sustain it? And when you look at the upcoming yeah. schedule, I mean, they got the Giants this week, but yeah. it's Giants twice. Right. You know, um, San Francisco, right. Browns, Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a tough, run right yeah i do think the style the uh, the style they're playing is consistent because I, I like the commitment to the run um and they got dynamic playmakers who hopefully they can stay healthy enough to keep at least a few of them in there um but yeah i, I do think it's sustainable i feel like this defense has been tested more than the defense in say 2020 yeah. um when they went on that run you know beat the steelers in pittsburgh it felt like Pittsburgh was kind of a hollow team. I feel like this team knows more about what it is and what it wants to be. And I, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think they just kind of know they're going to find a way to get it done. It's exactly. funny, going back to Robinson, one more thing with the run game, because that will be the key going yeah. forward, is one of the things he talked about. Like, he is getting back to where he was and what he thought he could do, but it's that second-level run. And so yeah. you start to see a little few more of those 10-, 12-yard runs because he's like he said that early on he was just worried about getting to the first getting past the first level. And now that he is, his concern is getting past the second level. And so you're now looking at it differently. You could see on some of the runs like that. So he's going to be a huge key going forward. And I, I also think it's amazing, Nikki, when you look at the line and the shuffling and the tight ends in and out, yeah. that it's like it's it's starting to seem cohesive. Maybe. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, even in the early going, I thought Taylor had like a lot of time. He had that perfect beautiful pocket sorry I was like I was like gawking I'm like oh, that's such a pretty pocket <laughs> but it, it they do look good they're holding up and even today with Trey Turner dealing with an injury we'll see how he is next week but they're they're holding up last thing Ron Rivera's 100th career win yeah. that includes playoffs and all that and you know early in the year one in four a lot of griping among, among a lot of people fan base a lot of people wondering about his future what have you seen in him during this period that's allowed them to get to where they are? I mean, just in the yeah. game and all that, but there's still something that he's going to find. Yeah, I think Kendall Fuller kind of hit on it. I think he's he's remained even keeled. You know, once you get past that, the quarterback moment, right, where he gave that answer of what's different, yeah. and he's like quarterback, and that went nuts. Since then, he's remained very even keeled. And he's, he's the kind of guy that this team especially needs because he does a really good job of kind of pushing out the the noise outside, the drama with the, you know, ownership and everything that comes with that. Um, he does a good job of just kind of keeping the players focused on the game and what they need to do. And they've said that multiple times, but I, I think that's that's something that can't be overstated here because it's unlike any other organization, what they've had to deal with. So they there's a lot that you have to block the yeah. noise to keep away from yeah. the players and all that. The other thing is, too, when you hear them, like I talked to one guy a couple weeks ago about 
how he is in the meeting. And like, he's like, dude, the meetings are tremendous. And like, I think there's a lot of energy he provides them because in his role, he's really, he's a CEO here. Yeah. And you have the other guys doing the coordinator stuff, but he's a CEO. So you've got to set the tone and that even keeled aspect has been, I think, yeah. pivotal. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think just for the guys, just seeing a lot of what he was preaching in the early going come to fruition, you know, um, you know, a lot, a lot of it being small things, technique, rush lane discipline, um, you know, preaching patience when, you know, they had their first big win in Philly and they come and, you know, stay consistent and get that win in Houston again here, they get another one. So I think once you start to see these things, you know, come to fruition yourself, it's like, it, it, to me, it's like, you know, teenagers kind of rebelling against their parents and having to learn through the, the hard way of, oh, that's what they were saying, you know? <laughs> so it, it, they're starting to see for themselves what he's been saying for years. Kind of some if you speak from experience on the team. As the teenager, yes. <laughs> I was I was one of those. Okay. Sorry, but, but also with, with him too, I think early on too, I think the feeling was, if they could, if they just start doing this, we'll be okay. Yes, that was what exactly. he would say. And I think when you have, when you're in a situation that can be as chaotic as this place can yeah. be, to have a calm voice is, is really, really pivotal. Yeah. All right. So before the game, they did the Sean Taylor Memorial installation, not a statue. Not, it wasn't a statue, and it doesn't look like a statue. All the aside from whatever people think of the mm -hmm. Memorial installation, yeah. you. You were there and talked to some mm -hmm. family members and all that, and, and people yeah. down there. What did what did you what did what did they think about the day? Yeah, I think you can see it. You see it mostly in Jackie Taylor, his daughter's face, and she's been. I can't even imagine what it's like from her standpoint because it's always whenever there's something like this, it's always a reminder that he's gone, and you can see the emotion. Um, she was tearing up during the whole um, during the whole unveiling, but she looked very moved, and I think it's it's. It's something that has touched the entire family. Like his, um, you know, younger brother, Gabe Taylor, uh, who's, he's at Rice. Yeah, he's a, he's a defensive back at Rice. You know, he's going to be coming up for the draft maybe in a, a year or two. Um, so for him to go through this process as a football player himself, kind of look at it through the eyes of his older brother, and to see all this, I, you could tell it was incredibly moving for them. You know, a lot of tears up there. And, you know, it's it's weird for me because I, I know you weren't here at that time, but I was on the beat, of course, when all that stuff happened. And I just, you know, you get that day where he dies and it was just very surreal. Yeah. And it was surreal for the area, um, surreal being out of the building, seeing the same impact. I mean, you're out there. We, we have, people have to understand, we know these players. Like, we didn't have great relationship with Sean because he was, Sean was a very, um, you had to earn his trust. And I know at the media, we were the last ones on the list who were earning that. Greg Williams, his defense coordinator, would say he was, it took him a while to earn that yeah. trust. So it was really weird. But I do remember, like, I loved watching the guy play because you, the way they used him. And I think one of the things that was hardest for me, I remember going up to Greg Williams after it happened. And it's like, it's like, I got to tell you how much I enjoy watching how you guys use it. And it's kind of, it was hard to say because, like, you know, there's taken from anybody involved in this whole thing. It's, it's right. a human being losing their life. You're going to, it's going to affect you. But I, I remember like that whole day was just surreal because we went to bed the night that he, before he died, we went to bed thinking he was probably going to be okay because we got this update from Vince Serrato and it sounded like it sounded like it was trending well. Then you get a call at 530 or 6 saying he died. 
And so it was really just, it was just, it was very surreal and very, like, it was really weird to go in the locker room and see yeah. the, see the locker a couple days later. And it's like, it's just, I don't, it's hard to even describe what it's like now, but it's, you know, just, but do you get a sense from what he's meant to this area? And you've only been here oh, for a week. Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, the adoration of, of Sean Taylor, you see the 21 jerseys out there. Um, you see the way they, they welcome his family when they come in. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. And the players, too. I mean, Landon Collins, I thought, was like the biggest Sean Taylor fan to come through. Um, and then they all know his game. They know what he did. Um, and they probably won't be able to replicate it, in part because rules have changed. But also, he's just that good of a player. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think it's evident throughout the stadium. Anytime they do something like this, how impactful he was. Um, Nikki, tell people where they can find your stuff. You can find me at WashingtonPost.com or on Twitter, Nikki Javala, one word. There you go. And by the way, the one thing I would hope with this organization, the last word for me is that you need to start retiring Daryl Green, yes. all those other guys that okay. really helped build this because yeah. that's long overdue as well. Anyway, that's it for me. Commanders win 19 to 13. I'll be back on Tuesday night, the live stream YouTube edition with the Boise Commanders, Brian Weinstein, again, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. There you go. Tune in and I'll talk to you next time.